What the Actual Fork podcast is co-hosted by two intuitive eating registered dietitians, yours truly, Sammy Previtt, owner of Fine Food Freedom, and Jenna Warner, owner of Happy Strong Healthy. We can't stand diet culture bullshit and love keeping it real. Our mission is for all humans to believe that they are made for so much more than chasing a smaller body. We are also here to share with you that food can be fun and pleasurable again. Although we are medical professionals, we are human too. We are not afraid to share our deepest, darkest secrets and how years of our lives were taken by diet culture. We started this podcast so no human has to feel alone in their journey towards food freedom. So get comfy and join us for a casual convo where you can expect to laugh, cry, learn, and grow. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of What the Actual Fork podcast. We just had the just such a fun episode with Delina Soto, who is at your.latina.nutritionist on Instagram. Um, Delina is a dietitian, is a Spanish-speaking registered dietitian. She works as one of the few Spanish-speaking RDs in the Philadelphia area and virtually across the country, teaching her clients how to ditch the diet mentality and keep their culture alive. And that's exactly what we talked about today, in addition to the fact that we realized that all three of us went to Penn I know. I can't believe we didn't know that. Like when she said that, I was so, it's crazy. She's one of the ones I feel like I really like when she came on, like, I feel like I just knew her already. Like I follow, I've been following her for well, well over a year now. And she's just, she brings such a great flair to nutrition and just keeps it real. And I feel like this was like a nice, like part two or extension from season one, when we talked to Fiona Sutherland about splinter assing. So I feel like this was just us like just shooting the shit and talking about how we all used to be extremely harmful. And most (laughs) of our (laughs) dietitian community is still harmful. Um, But when you learn better, you do better. And I guess with that said, we should just add that we do talk about a lot in this episode as a trigger warning. Um, our past as dietitians in diet culture and some harmful things that we used to talk about um, with as it relates to weight loss and just methods of how we taught people. Um, so just some, we didn't use any triggering words. Delina actually really did a good job with that. Uh, but just to mention, and it no, just I- shows how much we've grown. <laughs> I think if anything, people are going to like, if they hadn't listened to our first episode of just you and I, like, I don't know. Cause I think some people just see our accounts and they just think that we were always this way and we've just always found fruit food freedom. And now it's like, no, 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 no. Like this is who we actually were. And, but like you said, it, it really showcases growth. And I love how she also got really deep into not only you know, her culture and how that kind of flows into things, but also like what is anti-diet, what is Mm -hmm. not, or what is anti-diet not, and just kind of the perception of all of that as well. Yeah, it was fun. It was just an easy conversation. Delina has the best energy, like Sammy has mentioned, and I'm excited for you guys to hear it. So without further ado, 
Welcome back, everyone. We are What the Actual Fork podcast, and we have your Latina nutritionist with us today, Miss Selena Soto. I am so excited. Selena, we met probably like this time last summer. Yeah, we were doing so. the body image with Brie. I can't call her anything else. Um, <laughs> we did her body image support group for nutrition professionals right around this time. Your energy is absolutely electric, and I am so, we are so excited to have you on the podcast today to share it with all of our listeners. Thank you. <laughs> I had no idea that you guys had worked together, but that makes so much sense because I feel like there's so many amazing professionals in all of Bree's group. So, it, so cool. that was her first one, maybe. I think, and I think we were her beta, right? Yeah, like, it was, she opened it. It was a small group and it was just like, I refer to my notes from that class still. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's mm-hmm. so good. Yeah. But Delina, we like to ask all of our guests when we open up to share a little bit about themselves. You could take, I'm going to use Sammy's line, 30 seconds or 30 minutes to describe who you are, how you got to where you are today, which is an Instagram sensation with a very specific niche on Instagram. Um, You know, just your story and how you became an anti-diet dietitian. Another question to layer on that is, have you always been an anti-diet dietitian? Because we have not. (laughs) Neither was I. Yeah. So um, I think I always laughed because I feel like when we went to school, this wasn't a thing. Like none of us knew what it was. And then like we came out into the world and we're like, uh, something's not right here. But it's so cool that the new dietitians going to school have access to all this information now. And they can just like from the get go, like, like, we're here, we're ready. And we're like about to smash some things around. Um, So yeah, no, I went to school. Sammy, you went to Penn State, right? Mm-hmm. So did Jenna. Yeah. Oh, oh. Yeah. Wait, I, I didn't know, know you that. went to Penn State. Yeah. Wait, what year did you? Oh, God. I graduated. So I think I'm older than you. No, I graduated in 2009. And Sammy's okay. younger. So, okay. 2013. That was, that was 2010. Okay. I'm, I'm the oldest. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> We were there together. We just never saw each other. <laughs> no, we were in the same nutrition classes. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. I feel like we I talk was about- just like always like the outcast in the back. So I was just like, I'm here, but I'm not really here. I, <laughs> I didn't go to class. So <laughs> yeah. So you didn't see me. I was copying off of other people's notes, especially in um, Dr. Fosmeyer's class. Does anybody remember him? <laughs> Nobody ever talked about Dr. Fosmeyer. I don't think Sammy had him. Probably had not. Him? No, I don't he know. had a cane. I mean, he was, yeah. Oh my gosh. I have flashbacks of his nutrient metabolism. Oh my God. I never want to wish that upon anybody. I think I almost failed that class. We all did. We all failed. And then he just passed us. Because how are we ever going to know if, you know, Karen eats a piece of ice cream right before she went to bed, what happens in her body to metabolize this? And he talked so fast. Oh my God. This is giving me like PTSD. Yes. I, I left one of his classes with a, a, in full panic mode. Like I had to go to the nurses, like to the like student health center. I was like shaking, crying, red. And he was like, come back tomorrow and take it in my office. I was like, like no, never. <laughs> I'm taking it in your office. Um, but yeah, so I was there. We were all kind of like almost there at the same, we were all there at the same time. We just never crossed paths. Um, 
So yeah, we all had the same education. So none of us knew what the heck this anti-diet movement was. But in the back of my mind, uh, growing up in Philly, growing up Dominican, I knew that something was missing from that perspective of education because I was like, they eat good food. (laughs) My food is not, you know, bad. And it's not what quote unquote is causing this epidemic of health in our, you know, in people of color. So I always questioned it. I just didn't have a word for it. I didn't know what it was. And I still was like, oh, but I can still go work in Philly and still help people lose weight, but still keep their culture alive and eat rice and beans but still lose weight, right? Because that's exactly what we were taught. Like that was the end goal for everyone, like get them in a healthy BMI or whatever. And so I graduated, did not, I did not get into the Penn State internship. I was ranked, I didn't match. I ranked, I matched, I ranked them number two. (laughs) They ranked me like lower on the end. So we didn't match. (laughs) So I missed out on that, but. I think it all worked out. So I came home and I was like, so sad that I didn't match, but I had gotten into Marywood University for a master's degree. So I was like, I'm just going to go there. I started, um, I started my master's there and hated it Um, and moved back home, kind of like transferred to another school and then started working as a like nutrition educator for a a nonprofit here in Philly and was like in the middle of North Philly, like where the community is. And that's when it like really started hitting me that something was missing, that just literally there was something wrong with <laughs> the way that I was educating because I was coming in and they're like educated on this like green kale smoothie. And then I will come in there and talk in Spanish about this green kale smoothie. And everybody would be like, what the hell is a kale smoothie? <laughs> Like there was such disconnect and I was just like why is nobody else caring about this but you know when you're just working in these places nobody's listening to you so um I became a dietitian and then I was working for a few other places and then I was like I just can't continue to do this like I'm gonna start my own private practice and actually do the work that I want still still was full-blown weight loss like at that point um and then I found Instagram through a friend. <laughs> then I found wind. Um, and I was like, oh, wait, what's this Heather lady talking about? Um, <laughs> and I was like, holy crap, this is 100% everything that I've ever thought. I just never had a name, word, like any, I just didn't know that this whole side of dietetics existed. Um, and once I went to the first wind conference, I was like, I can't go back. Like I could never, ever, ever go back to being weight centric, even though a part of me, even though I still talked about weight loss, I never shamed anyone if they came into my office and like didn't lose quote unquote weight. Um, but I was still very weight centric because I, I wasn't practicing from a weight neutral place. I was still promoting the weight loss. So I feel like I had like bulks of places were until I found wind. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, now I'm here. <laughs> when did you find wind? And for those listening, and correct me if I'm wrong, it's weight inclusive nutrition and dietetics. And that's yes. by Heather Kaplan. Mm-hmm. So when, when did you find wind? So I found wind, gosh, 
I want to say the beginning of 2018. Okay. 2018, right? So what's that, like three years ago, right? So yeah, so like I was already like on Instagram and I was posting, but I never post, like I was like, I was starting to like get away from the weight centric already at that point um, and had already like learned about intuitive eating. But as you all probably know, I was still on the fence of like, well, who cares if people want to lose weight, right? Like I was still very much in that middle part of it. Like, and I feel like people don't talk often enough about that. Like that transition where you're in the middle and you're like, yeah, but I could be anti-diet and still help people. <laughs> yes. So we have I an like entire episode on that splinter, yeah. how yeah. to stop splinter assing yeah. as a health professional yeah. with Fiona Sutherland. Because, and she literally yeah. interviewed me and asked all of those questions. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? I was like so in there still like, but it's okay. It's okay. And you know, it's not okay. So that's the end. <laughs> yes. Let's actually dig a little deeper there. Can you, yeah. you know, okay. So being an anti-diet dietitian, right. There, there's just so many people, mm-hmm. which it makes sense because all three of us have a very similar story, right? You, you can so easily, not so easily, but most dietitians I think will jump on the anti-diet train mm-hmm. and they're like, I hate dieting, but then when yeah. it comes to like fat phobia, yeah. like, Oh, I'm not fucking touching that. Yeah. Yep. And so how, like what pointers do you have or what has helped you stop fence splinter mm-hmm. and say, no, 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 no. If you want to be anti-diet, no. this is what it means. So if you could explain to listeners, what does it truly mean and what is it not and how to get there or what was helpful for you? Yeah. I think that I found intuitive eating first and I found health at every size second. So had I found health at every size first, I don't think I would have been on the fence. I think that 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 would have definitely helped me go 100% into it. I think that we come from a very fat phobic education. So we're taught that in order to be a good dietitian, you have to you know, like cure this epidemic, (laughs) right? Like there's so much weight stigma in our education and it's really hard to get away from it at the beginning because you're like, I paid all this money (laughs) to be educated. Um, And it's scary to go away from what everyone else is doing. But when I sat down and thought about just because what part of my struggle, even while I was in school, was seeing women in my, you know, in my inner circles, in my family who did not by any means <laughs> fit that mold of uh, what BMI standards were or societal norms, right? But it was okay because we were Dominican and my family's left like not American at all. Everybody only speaks Spanish and it's like a whole different world when I'm with them. So I feel like for me, it was just such a struggle because I'm like, I know that they're healthy, right? Like, and even if they weren't, that's not the case. Like, I know that they're eating well. They, we have like barely any diseases in my family. Like, you know, they usually talk about all this, like Latino populations have higher incidence of diabetes and heart disease and all this stuff. And I'm looking at my family and I'm like, nobody has anything. <laughs> so it was such a inner struggle. Um, 
And I think it was more from like that education and that science part. That it's like, but it's science-based evidence. <laughs> but nobody's presenting us with the other science-based evidence. Um, and something that I even struggle with a lot now is that a lot of the science-based evidence is done on white um, and like not on, you know, people of color. So a lot of the science that we are presented is like, can be skewed still and biased because it's not being done on, on people of color. So how do I even translate that science-based evidence into my communities if it's not truly 100%? Um, so I think that if you're on the fence, you have to, I always like to play devil's advocate and I'm like, look at both, like both, look at the data on each side and, and make an informed decision. If you can walk away from looking at the data of health at every size and fat phobia and weight stigma and be like, I'm okay with doing that, then you're okay with doing it. <laughs> it's so, I mean, I think it's even more interesting for the three of us to have this conversation knowing that we had the exact same education, even though I mm -hmm. feel like Sammy, Sammy got gypped as not to have yeah, Dr. She got Foz, but yeah. <laughs> maybe she's the lucky one. But it's crazy because, you know, I think, to continue on that conversation, I think the issue today is not only our education, but it's also what you see social media has done to weight loss, right? And mm -hmm. those videos, Sammy and I just had this conversation, those videos on TikTok go viral because they're so polarizing. Ugh. And Ugh. then we'll post something with like actual facts with that science-based evidence that you're talking about or referring mm -hmm. to. And people are like, you're lying. You're so yeah. fucking stupid, like, <laughs> you know? And I'm sure, you know, it's just, it's couldn't be more frustrating. And I think yeah. you do a great job. I have your social links up over here you know I think you do a great job of being super relatable to your your specific audience and to everybody who's following you but also giving the facts and so Sam and I were paroling your uh, Instagram perusing whatever the word is your Instagram before you hopped on and you did a great post the other day about what people think anti-diet means versus yeah. what it really is um, and so yeah. for people that haven't seen that post or maybe don't remember it can you give us a little like snippet of what that yeah, where that came from and what it is <laughs> well I think it's because I'm so I call it tiki-toki because I hate it over there um it's like a love-hate relationship and I just make it funny by saying it's tiki-toki um it's just funner to say um but I just like I don't know how to use it I still am learning but it's just a hot mess parade over there a hot mess parade <laughs> And I feel like it's because of the algorithm, because people just see one video, uh, like if you happen to like pop up on their algorithm, but they don't take the time to look at other stuff that you've posted. I feel like, is that like, am I right? I mean, Sammy, you're like the queen of TikTok, but I'm like, I don't like you. I, I just don't know. So anyways, that post came from somebody coming into one of my comment sections and just like, no, this was from Instagram. That post was from Instagram. Somebody called me pathetic and um, basically like an asshole and all kinds of other names because <laughs> because I was talking about um, like social determinants of health and just like, you know, how you know communities of color are affected of it. And this one person was like, you're pathetic. Our people are dying and you know, there's all this like, you know, uh, 
everybody's oh and you know I don't like using the, the words I'm just gonna say oh they just like went off on me and told me that I had no regards about anybody's health and I'm like first of all we didn't take Dr. Fogmeyer's class to literally <laughs> know what happens the minute ice cream touches your tongue to the minute that you shit it out okay because we have to know that every enzyme Every reaction, the way that the arrows pointed, if I got the arrow wrong, that was three points minus. And so, yeah, it was a lot of anxiety. Jenna's laughing because she knows what I'm talking about. Sammy does not have to deal with this. But like, I didn't go through all that pressure (laughs) knowing how food gets broken down in your body to not care about health. I just think that the way that we define health (laughs) is wrong. And so being anti-diet literally means that we care so much about your health. And I'm very passionate about this, that we want every single person, regardless of what they look like, where they come from, how much money they have, their education to be treated the same way. And that is like, so yeah. I love that. That's so important how you, it, it really comes down to respect to fair unbiased healthcare, but there's, there's so many myths about, you know, anti-diet is anti-vegetable, anti-diet mm-hmm. is anti-human beings who mm-hmm. have dieted. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, 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 no. Like pretty much everyone we've worked with has chronically dieted for like their entire lives. Yeah. And yeah. me. <laughs> and ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Or at least us. Yeah. Um, but I would love to hear from you, Delina, like how... Were you always, was your Instagram handle from the beginning always your Latina nutritionist? Or I know like a big part of your story, obviously you've been sharing with us is that you've noticed, you noticed this divide in like your culture and how, you know, the kale smoothie example. And so how, how did you shift and say like, I really need to help this population or like, how did that come to be? Yeah. So no, that was not my handle. So my private practice in Philly is nutritiously yours. So that used to be my handle. Um, And then, you know, you do like all this business coaching and you're like trying to get your life together as a business owner. (laughs) And it's like, you have to niche down. Like you have to really take something and go for it. You can change it or whatever along the way. But throughout my whole career, like the common theme has always been like, I want to help, you know, people understand that our cultural foods are not bad, right? Like that's not what's killing people, right? Um, And so it was just like a natural kind of like, oh, let me just go with this handle and see what happens. And here we are. (laughs) And also because diet, like the word dietitian is just not very commonly understood in, in at least my culture, like people don't know what a dietitian is. Like the word for dietitian in Spanish is so weird too. So I'm like, oh, I'd rather just, what is I hate it? being called a nutritionist, but I'd rather take it. Yeah. What is the word in Spanish? Dietista. It's so weird. Nobody uses it. <laughs> it sounds like the dieter. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like so weird. Nobody uses it. I'm like, I don't want to use it either. So here we are. <laughs> Sammy and I did an episode in season one, like one of our first, Sammy, probably again, around a year ago this time with Lynette. Do you remember that one where we talked about just like the importance of cultural foods? And so Lynette Hemley is a dietitian that Sam and I used to work with um, when we worked for the grocery chain. Can I say the name shop, right? Whatever. Um, when we worked I feel like we all, if you were in the East Coast, 
<laughs> you all, shop, we right? all went through that. <laughs> Um, and so we had this episode with her where she talks about how, when she was counseling people in store and telling them about healthy foods, quote unquote, cause we were all trained to be weight loss dietitians, mm-hmm. um, especially in that role about how, you know, she felt so uncomfortable taking away some of their cultural preferences, um, because it wasn't the quote unquote healthy choice and how her Mm -hmm. mission was to bring that back into people's diets Mm -hmm. and show them how it can relate. And I feel like, or how it can be there and just, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Um, (laughs) and so I feel like for you, your mission and your purpose is very, very similar. And again, you have a post about, I would never, why I would never ask you to replace rice and beans. And so can we dig a little deeper into that and how to preserve the cultural perspective for all of your clients and for everybody? Yeah. So that was definitely a TikTok question. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And I get so many things like my dietitian told me that I couldn't eat this, this, and that. And I'm like, oh, here we go. Um, so this particular person, cause you know, someone flamed me about it, um, was like <laughs> that <her laughs> dietitian basically told her that she had to like replace either uh, she, the question was beans are considered a starch. So how do I eat the right portion? Right. If I basically the way that I interpret it was substituting the rice. So either have the rice or have the bean, but not have both. And then what portion? Like that's how I interpreted the question. So that's why I went off on the rant in, in that particular video. But I think that the issue that I see in the way that we were taught in dietetics is that it's a very narrow view of how um, food works and like everything is separate. Like, you know, everybody talks about the macros. I'm like, let's talk about yogurt. It's all three macros. <laughs> So like, why is everybody so stuck on dividing instead of like talking about how rice and beans is such an amazing combination, such a nutritional powerhouse? Why do we have to pick either or? Why can't it be both? And I think that that's what happens in a lot of like cultural foods is that because of, you know, where the country was, the access that they had to certain, you know, foods, what was in the on the land and what they can grow and things like that, cultural dishes are very much unique in that they provide all the nutrition that you need based on what was it being able to be grown, you know, at, at this particular, in this particular country. But then you come to the US, everything is separate. Like, and sorry, you guys know I have a runny nose. My kids got me sick. Um, but <laughs> I did this episode of a podcast with um, someone else. Um, And we were talking about food models and I said, do we think, and I haven't done this research, so maybe we all need to bind together and find this out. Do we think that the reason why, you know, in the United States, we do things separately was because of Weight Watchers and MyFitnessPal wanting to make it easier for everyone to count calories and count like foods, right? Because when you look at the way people eat, everything is combined, but you can't put that in a MyFitnessPal if it's combined, right? And that's what a lot of people I hear say when they're like, you know, I couldn't use my fitness pal because I didn't know how to add rice and beans <laughs> into it. Or I didn't know how to, you know, a lot of our cultural dishes, like how do I put that in there? And I'm like, well, first of all, you didn't need to. And second of all, I'm wondering if there's a reason for it. <laughs> because everything is just so separate and everybody's talking about 
taken away and nobody's talking about adding and how amazing all our cultural dishes are because we add so much stuff to it and it nourishes us so much so yeah that's how I feel <laughs> that's so interesting the Weight Watchers and my fitness pal perspective I feel like there has to be research on that or somebody has to do it it's probably not gonna be me I'm not really good at that me I'm stuff, never doing but... it Never. Let's think about it. I saw something about like when my fitness pals came came out is also around the same time that my plate came out. Mm. So lobbying is real. We all know that lobbying is why a lot of the things happen in this country. So was there some lobbying involved <laughs> to make my plate my plate as opposed to like the food pyramid was not like that at all, although it was not great. But like my plate was different. It was like separate everything easier to calculate and then they had the calculation guide and all of those like food models that you could purchase that we mm -hmm. had in our offices at, at the grocery store <laughs> oh, yeah. right to show people the portions and yeah. that's how right it's horrible I mean and they were like this yeah. big yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. and so, so I'm wondering if there's a connection between mm. the two anybody listening if you're up for this what research I don't want to do it. <laughs> do you remember? Do you remember? We also like want to talk about dietitians overcoming fat phobia and consistently working through it. We had fat models in our office. Oh my god! Yes, five pounds of fat sitting pounds. on our fucking yes. desk. Oh my god! Yes, and the cholesterol one too. The shows like the arteries, so, like all the things. Yeah, and the really sugar bad. ones. They had the sugar ones too. And how expensive were those things too? Do you remember we used to have to beg our bosses to buy them, Sam? Like, they got all dusty and nasty. This. I need this in my office because people need to know how much sugar is in <laughs> everything that they eat. Like, come on. <laughs> it's so bad. They, they, we, also, so we had a bucket of sugar outside our offices that showed if you drink a soda a day for a year, yes. how much sugar you put in your body. Okay. Remember the statistics of how much you would gain if you drank a soda a day for a year? I remember that one. <laughs> It's so bad. Sam and I actually pulled up the last time we were together too. Like we did these like YouTube videos at work for like jumping jacks to burn off calories. And like, I was her, she was the trainer and I was her model to show like oh how God. to do a proper squat so that you can burn off your calories. Oh like, it's so bad. So, so, so bad. Anybody but, listening like, who wants to be an anti-diet dietitian, <laughs> you're probably in a much better spot better. than we so were. We started from the bottom. Okay? <laughs> like the way Literally. bottom. <laughs> That's literally the music Jenna plays in the video when we're like in the video years ago and then she'll like now blend it into it. now. Not it's now. So bad. <laughs> it's so, oh. so bad. Oh, but at the same time too, I think it just shows so much growth and it does show that, again, I think I say this in almost every episode, like when you know better, you do better. And I, yeah. I feel like the, the guests that we have on this podcast, like they saw the research, they read it, they found the place, it spoke to them, just speaking for both of us as well. Like, and now we do better. Like, that's it. Yeah. And we're going to continue learning and evolving. Like our better now is probably going to get better. <laughs> Absolutely. I <love> that. <laughs> yes. So for anyone listening who hasn't clearly been listening to us because we've said your Instagram handle a million times. 
where can they find you, Delina? And is there any anywhere else, like anything you want to share with them, a resource, anything that they can get their hands on? Yeah, so you can find me at your.latina.nutrition on IG if you want to go on Tiki Toki. It's the same thing without the dots. So that's your Latina Nutrition. I'm calling it Tiki Toki Tiki it's so fun to say, especially because I'm like so afraid of that place. Um, <laughs> and my website is yourlatinanutrition.com. So all of it is like the same. Actually, if you Google Delina, you'll probably just find me. There's not that many Delinas out there. A beautiful name. And you might find some of the older stuff. Okay. It just shows how far you've come. <laughs> Truly. Oh, well, thank you so much for being here, for sharing who you are. Actually, wait, you didn't tell everybody the name of your program and what you have to offer. So do that. Too. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Crap, I don't even know what I'm offering anymore. Um, <laughs> what's happening over here? No, um, you can go into the links in my bio or on the website. We have an exciting membership um, and there's so much in there specifically because one of the things that I hear is that in the Latinx community, it's very, very diet culture-y. And there's not a space to be able to talk about this journey openly. Um, and so with the membership, I'm just trying to provide like a space where you're able to come in and talk about how hard this is um, and how to talk to your family members and just kind of like how to actually like live and breathe. <laughs> this this way of, of living that is so hard when we live in such a diet culture world so yeah come find me in my membership it doesn't have a name but <laughs> amazing <laughs> thank you so much for being here thank you for sharing all of this with us and just thank you thank you for having me this was fun Guys, thank you so much for listening to another episode of What the Actual Fork Pod. We know there are a lot of pods out there, and we are so grateful that you are here listening with us. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe, like, share with all your friends and faves, and follow along with us on social at what the actual fork pod. We promise to continue to bring you the hottest topics, greatest guests, and the most fun you can possibly have while fighting diet culture bullshit. We love you. We appreciate you. And we will see you next week for a lot more fun.